Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Grab a seat, everyone. Grab a seat. Welcome to, welcome to Vision Sunday. Welcome to Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday is a day. Vision Sunday is a day I have the privilege of sharing you, sharing with you what is next for LifeGate Church and invite you to come on this journey with us. Two things. I get to share with you what we think is next for LifeGate Church and the second thing is to invite you on the journey to go with us. This is now my 15th Vision Sunday. 15th Vision Sunday. Can we have the Vision Sunday slide up, please, brother? Jackson, thank you, brother. 15th Vision Sunday. That's a long time, isn't it? And each year, as we lead up to this time, I seek the Lord. I say, God, what do you want to do this year? And in September last year, I sensed the Lord say that he wants us as a church to increase our faith, increase our trust, increase our reliance upon him. So our theme for 2023 is faith full. We want to be people who are full of faith, full of trust, full of reliance upon the Lord. Recently, I heard a story by Nikki Gumbel who told a story about faith. And, you know, and it's a story that I want to share with you. The, the, the story is set during the Blitz in World War II when Germany was bombing the UK. The story goes that a father and his small son ran from a building that had been struck by a bomb. In the front yard was a shell hole. And seeking shelter as quickly as possible, the father jumped into the hole and hurled out his arms for his son to jump into them. Terrified, yet hearing his, hearing his father's voice telling him to jump, the boy replied, But Dad, I can't see you. And in response to that, the father called to his son and said, But I can see you. Jump. And the son jumped into his arms. Why did the boy jump? Because he trusted his father. He knew his father loved him. He knew his father was for him. He knew his father was reliable, was trustworthy. He knew his father wanted the best for him. And as a result, that son put his faith, his faith in his father. Hebrews 11 teaches us, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. One more time. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not yet see. As a young believer, I struggled with this concept of faith. What is it? What does this faith thing mean? It's not like you can put your finger on it. It's not like you can pick it up and say, hey, catch this. You need more of this. It's not that. Faith is a, it's an attitude. It's a mindset. It is a belief. Faith is a trust. Faith is a confidence in what we are hoping for. And it's having an assurance about what we do not yet see. We know it's there for us, and we live like it's there. Here's the thought. This is the little phrase that I, cre- I created. Being faithful is living like what we are hoping for, and what we do not yet see is our reality. You like that? That's impressive for me, isn't it? Being faithful is living... It took me a long time to get this, by the way. Being faithful is living like what we are hoping for, and what we do not yet see is our reality. Now, this... These words in this verse, this is radical stuff. This is, this is crazy stuff. And if you tell people that you're living like this in the world, they're going to think you're nuts. Particularly if you're putting your 
faith in things like wealth or putting your faith in people or putting your faith in politicians, well, that's just nuts. But when the writer of Hebrews writes Hebrews chapter 1, chapter 11, verse 1, he's not writing about putting your faith in the things of the world. He's talking about putting your faith, putting your faith in God, putting your faith in Him. The God who is faithful. Where do we put our faith? We put our faith in God's character. The God who says what He does, the thing that He says He's going to do. The one who is reliable, the one who is consistent, and we put our faith in His character. The second place we put our faith is in His promises. And God makes many promises for us as believers. He says, if you put your trust in me, I will you put your trust in my son, I will give you eternal life. Another promise is that he says that if you put your trust in me, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. He promises to provide for you, he promises to fight for you, he promises you sin forgiven, that you are loved, that you are adopted by him. These are his promises for us. And that is what we put our faith in. And the third thing we put our faith in is God's will. And God's will is that people are healed, that people are saved that people are living in freedom. And this is how we live our lives, putting our faith in his, in his character, in His promises, and in His will. This is who and what we put our faith in. That is why we do not need to fear when, when the world seems chaotic around us. That is why we can step out of the boat and have a go. That is why we can be like a little boy into the, who jumps into his father's arms, even though we can't see him because we can trust him. In 2023, I'm inviting you to come on this journey with me of increasing our faith in God, where we are putting our faith in his character, in his promises and his will, and we live a life that displays that faith in him. And the reason, and the reason, and the reason, and the reason we can live a life of faith is because of his faithfulness to us. Amen. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you, God, for your kindness to us. We thank you, God, that you chose us, that you grabbed us, that you pursued us. God, when we, we, we are seeing this word reckless, and it's a, it's a strong word, but when we look at someone giving their son, it can be perceived as reckless. But actually, it's the most loving and kind thing anyone could ever do for us. God, the creator of the universe, would give his son Jesus for us. And God, that you are the one who pursues us, that chases after us, who desires us. You don't leave us where we are, but you come to us and you grab us and you transform us for your purpose, for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together for our young people? Yeah. Yeah, come down, you guys. Yeah, grab a seat. They, they, they all do that crazy stuff on a Friday night. Now, the big question is, does Andrew do that crazy stuff on a Friday night? Yes. And the answer is, yes, he does. He wants to be a youth leader. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, our theme for 2023, as you know, is, is uh, faithful. And what I want to do in the next 10 minutes is to take you to um, a passage of Scripture where Jesus says, Jesus speaks about a person's faith 
and he says, this person has great faith. If we want to be people who are faithful, well, Jesus says that person, that person is faithful. So I want us to look at that person and see what the characteristics are of their faith so that we can grab a hold of it. It comes from Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Father, give us understanding of your word as we pray. Renew our minds, open them, transform us today. Give us a desire, Lord, to be all in with you and to increase our faith in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 8 says this. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, amazed, and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such, what are the two words? Great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham. That's us, east and west. Praise the Lord. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown out into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now in this scripture, we have a Roman, a Roman centurion who has a servant, is in all types of trouble at home, and the centurion goes to Jesus and asks Jesus for help. And what you'd expect is that as the centurion asked Jesus for help, Jesus would say, okay, I will go and heal him. And the centurion says, come with me and I'll show you where he is. But that's not what we see in this text. In verse 13, it says, oh, I left that verse out. Let me go back. This is the end of the verse that I should have read to you. Let me read this. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And and his servant was healed from that moment. I should have read that verse, sorry. As I was saying, so Jesus said, and the servant was healed from that moment. Now in this text, as I was saying, that we have a Roman who comes to Jesus and asks for his servant to be healed. And you'd expect the servant for, um, for the centurion to say to Jesus, Come with me. Jesus says, all right, let's go. And Jesus goes with him to the place where the, where, the, where the servant is sick, where the servant is sick and Jesus heals him. But that's not what we see in this text. What we see is this. We have the centurion saying, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under, under me. I tell this one go and he goes... And that one come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Then in verse 10, we read, When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following, Truly I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. It's an incredible passage of a man who was not a Jew, a centurion, and had enough faith in Jesus to say to him, Jesus, just say the word. Just say the word and it will be done. Here's a question I want you guys to discuss today. Why was his faith so great? What was it about his faith that Jesus recognizes and says that 
is great faith. Take 15 seconds, turn to the person next to you and answer this question. Why was his faith so great? Go ahead and do that now. You like your answer. What is it? Why was his faith so great? What was it about his faith that was so great? What are your answers? He's seen and heard Jesus and he recognized who Jesus was and knew he could do it again. Someone got an answer? Someone else? He had an expectation that he must have been God because he can do something in a totally different place. Anyone else want to add an answer? He knew the man that he was. Yeah, right, John. He knew who Jesus was. And friends... Sorry, Steve? Yeah, it wasn't about the centurion. It was about recognizing who Jesus was. And friends, that is the key to faith. There is an incredible, there's an incredible phrase. I think it's incredible. I think it's really helpful. It's this. The more you know him, the more you trust him. The more you know him, the more you trust him. As that centurion knew Jesus, he could ask Jesus to do something, and when Jesus said it, he did it. And the reason he can do that is because he knew Jesus' power, he knew Jesus' authority, he knew Jesus. And if we're going to be people of faith, if we're going to be faithful, we need to know who he is. And the more you know him, the more you trust him. I've been married for about 18 years now. To more? How long has it been? Is it 19? This year's 19. I'm doing really well today. 19 years in July. And, and our trust journey has grown over those 19 years and during that dating period. I didn't have the trust that I have with my wife now when I first met her. It took time to know her passions, her desires, and her love for me, and her commitment to me, and her stickability with me. Like I trust her like 100%? Nah, not quite. Pretty high, but... <laughs> I can't say in every area, but in some areas, it's absolutely 100%. But let me say that over time, as I've got to know her, my trust in her has increased. And it's the same with your relationship with God, you know? The more you know him, the more you trust him. I wrote down some thoughts. The more time you spend with him, the more you know him. The more you know him, the more you trust him. As you trust him more, the less concerned you are about the circumstances of life. Did you hear that? As you trust him more, you are less concerned about the circumstances of life. As you trust him more, you are more likely to step out in faith and do the things that he wants you to do. One more time. As you trust him more, you are more likely to step out in faith and do the things he wants you to do. And as you see God move, and as you see God move, you believe he can do it again. As you see God move, you believe he can do it again. And over time, your faith in him grows until we get to a place where we are faithful. I want to demonstrate faithful now under the table, please, Christy and Andrew. Come on down. Joel and Aiden, you bring up the jars for me. Alicia and Josh, come and bring up the bottles. In that order. Table here, please. In front. This is not a magic trick. When I created this table, I went, wow, it looks like one of those magician's tables. Four jugs and the bottles down here, guys, at the back. Joshy, at the back. Thank you so much. Perfect, perfect, perfect. That was quick. Great job, you guys. Now, what I want to do is um, talk to you around three types of faith. 
If we're going to be faithful, we need all three types. And the first type of faith that we need is saving faith. It is when you put your faith in Jesus. When God gives you the ability to have faith. That this is saving faith. And this is where it starts. If you, Christianity starts with a relationship with Jesus. By putting your trust in him, by putting your trust in him, he forgives you for sin, you have a relationship with God, the wrath of God is appeased, and you have eternal life. It starts now and goes forever. That is saving faith. And notice how full the jar is. Because that's where it starts. Some Christians think that's it. I just got to get my ticket, just got to believe, and that's it. No, no, that's just the very beginning. The second type of faith that I want to talk to you about is resting faith. Resting faith is about trusting God when life happens to you, when there's chaotic situations, when there's stuff going on, and rather than freaking out, you can rest knowing that He has you, that He's carrying you, that He is for you. That is resting faith. And as you grow in your walk with the Lord, you start to trust him in one area of your life and you see God go, wow, he did that, that's incredible. And then over time, you trust him with another area of your life. An area for us is in the area, is in the area of finance. We've tithed for the last, I don't know, 20 years now. And I know, I know that God covers us financially. I'm not concerned about our finances as I continue to honor him. Then I'm trusting him with my health. I'm trusting him with my family. I'm trusting him with my with my future. That is resting faith. That's knowing that God has got it. I don't need to freak out. I can just rest in him. And then the third type of faith that I want to bring you to today is stepping faith. This is stepping out of the boat type of faith. It's like Peter walking on the water. It's stepping out and doing the thing that Jesus wants you to do. It might be sharing your faith. It might be giving your time. It might be taking someone through foundations. It might be giving financially. It might be going on a mission trip. It might be taking a risk for Jesus, stepping out in faith. And, and, and it's by doing these things, we lead to a faithful life. But the thing is, if you've only got saving faith, you're not full. If you've only got resting faith, you're not full. If you've only got stepping faith, you're not full. What you need is stepping faith. What you need is resting faith. Oh dear. And what you need is saving faith. And it's... Oh. <laughs> and guess what happens when you put the three together? You are faithful. And we go on a journey of living a life of faith. Only about the worship team. Come now, please, guys. As we come to the end of this Vision Sunday, my encouragement to you, for all of us, I'm going to invite you to go on a journey with us this year of increasing our faith. This is my journey. I need to increase my faith. And the reality is, I think if we, if we all look at our lives, we all need to increase our faith in different areas. You may not even have saving faith. And if you haven't, we want, to help you do, we want to help you with that. But then these next two, about resting faith and stepping faith, this is a journey. This is something that just doesn't happen overnight. 
This is about seeing what God does, seeing that he comes through. And, and we can go, I can trust him in that area. And we, rest, we trust him in another area. And we see him come through and we think we can trust you in that area. And that as we step out in the different areas of our lives over and over again, we can see that he is trustworthy, that he is faithful, and we respond to him and live a life that is faithful. I want to ask you one more question. And, and this question is something that I reckon is going to take a year for you to process. And the question is this. Where do you need to increase your faith in God? Now, maybe you can tell me that immediately. And that's, that's the getting real piece. But the taking action piece is actually trusting God in that area of your life. And that's going to take some time. You know, sometimes God can do it like that. Sometimes you come forward for prayer, someone lay hands on you and boom, God radically changes something in your life. He changes your thinking. He gives you a faith for something. But generally, it's a journey. Day by day, trusting him in this area, seeing God faithful, trusting him in the next area, seeing him faithful. And as we continue to build our faith in him, we will be faithful. So what I want you to do right now is just take a moment and pray and say, God, where do I need, where do I need to increase my faith in you this year? Father in heaven, we pray that you speak right now. Father, speak to each one in this space. Father, reveal to us by your spirit where we need to trust you. The areas where we need to believe in you, rely on you, have faith in you more. Father, we pray that you show us. Reveal to us by your spirit. Reveal to us by your spirit. Father, I want to pray. Father, we want to pray that each one of us will go on a journey this year of increasing our faith in you. That we won't stop at saving faith, but we will rest. And we won't stop at resting faith, but we would step. In each of these areas, we will increase our faith in you so that we are faithful. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing that song again. Never walk alone and make this the declaration that God is faithful and because he is faithful, we can put our faith in him. Let's stand together. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support, and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.